0: Here's the thing, your ego gets in the way and says, what if it's not received or what if it doesn't come out right? Yeah. That is your ego trying to make sure it comes out just right. And here's the secret. Kindness is always right and lo- love is always right on time. Mm-hmm. Never wonder whether or not it was appropriate or whether or not someone received it in the way that you intend it to be because love be- it transcends those things and lands in a space where it needed to. And if anything, I feel the country, the planet, the universe is rooting for right now is for heroes of the heart who are willing to be exposed for their common humanity and their humility and grace to expose it in ways that are wonderfully unprecedented.
1: Welcome to the I Heart My Life Show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. All right, everyone, it's Emily Williams here. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show. It's the very first episode, and I'm so excited and honored to have Dr. James Rouse with us today. So I'm going to introduce him and then turn it over to him. He has some incredible information to share with us today. Such a beautiful story and truly I couldn't ask for a better first guest. I specifically chose my first guests um, because they're all people who have impacted my life this year and Dr. James is definitely one of those people so I'm so excited to introduce him to all of you uh, because your life is going to be changed just by this episode today. So Dr. James is a professional ruckus maker in business and in life. He's on a mission to inspire individuals from around the planet to disrupt mediocrity in their business and in their lives. He has successfully founded and built four companies in media, consumer packaged goods, nutraceuticals and nutraceuticals, all of which have gone on to generate millions of dollars in sales. He has written 11 books and has shared the stage with people like Dr. Oz, Sir Richard Branson, and Shaquille O'Neal. He has worked with the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, Google, and Whole Foods, to name a few. He lives in the foothills of the Colorado Rockies, where he practices high-performance living, giving, and growing alongside his beautiful wife, Deborah, and their two daughters. So, so welcome Dr. James, thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh my gosh, Emily, I could not be more excited. The honor and the blessing is all mine. Hello everyone, hello this amazing community that you've created, Emily. I just feel loved being here, so thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. So before we dive into your story, I wanna share a little bit about how we know one another um, because I think it speaks to what you and I both stand for, which is following our hearts. So last year, for everyone watching this, I'm not sure when you're watching it, so the timing is December 2016 when we met. Right now it's a year later. Um, We met in Zurich at the Titan Summit, and I was actually doing a Facebook Live, and my husband James encouraged you to to interrupt my Facebook Live. So I hadn't met you yet, but you literally got over my shoulder and shared the most beautiful and poetic message with everyone watching on Facebook. Book. and that was my introduction to you
0: you know emily i'll never forget that moment because there was two things that happened number one uh seeing your your amazing husband James and just getting a chance to have that warm connection and as soon as we connected he goes you know what you need to go over there 10 feet away and you need to just drop in on my lovely wife's uh, cast that she's doing with her entire community and i was like Okay, and I didn't even think, you know, I mean, two things were so cool about that, James just being so open, and then having the, I believe it's the divine orchestration when someone just says, go and do something, and you're, you know, the critic didn't show up, the the judgmental discerner wasn't in the room, and I just dropped into your space, and I know from what it is that you are creating, that there was just an opportunity in a window for me to pull over your shoulder and to do what it is that you do so very well, give people an opportunity to remember who they are. And you didn't even for a moment wince. You didn't for a moment, you know, go into that like, well, who is this and what are you doing? It was it was just like two, a brother and a sister and another brother just said, hey, you know what? Let's put all of our energy together and let's circulate it right here and right now.
1: Well, what you were saying was so amazing. I couldn't help but allow my community to be able to witness that. So, you know, I I agree with you completely. And the whole thing was a divine orchestration for us to even be in Zurich. You know, it was a random thing that happened. We decided to go. I, I saw Robin Sharma the creator of the Titan Summit, speak at another event. I ran outside, booked a ticket on my phone. I didn't even book one for James because I hadn't talked to him about it yet. But I just booked one for myself and obviously James ended up coming. And for us to be there was, like I said, it was kind of on a whim. It was something we hadn't planned. And then to meet you, and I just knew the moment that I met you that I had to work with you in some capacity because as the viewers and the listeners will see, throughout this show. I mean, there's something really special about you that doesn't even do it justice, but just being in your presence is life-changing for everyone who's around you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I don't know that I can say that about many people, um, but it's true for you.
0: Well, I um, more than I can, there's not a word to uh, me to come back with that, but I just want you to know that that happens when someone's heart is big enough to allow it to happen. And I think that's how you and I have connected. And that's why this last year has been so magical. And, you know, I think as I've been thinking a lot about today's show, I was just up in my treehouse meditating for the last uh, good hour thinking about what I would love to do today with you. And it's so interesting, right? You have a community of amazing, high achieving, high performing people who really come from the heart. And, you know, it's always interesting, right, Emily, because people who are wonderfully well-versed in achieving sometimes are the ones who actually forget how many dreams they've actually already made come true. And I really wanted to kind of focus on that today because um, there's nothing more powerful than the art of being present for what is already so very good in your life. Because so often we're so far out in front of our life, we miss the blessings that are right here and right now, which to me is part of what inspires us, motivates us, gives us the courage to create the great big things we want to bring into our lives in the future.
1: Mm, I love that. So I'd love to come back to a little bit about that, about achieving and focusing on the moment and being present. But I'd first love to hear from you in terms of your own story, because it's a very, very powerful one. Um, The moment in particular that I'd love for you to share is the gas station moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But we might might need a little bit of a background before you get to that point.
0: Absolutely. Well, I would love to share this story. And I'm just going to ask everyone, before I tell this story, everyone here, all of us have some story in our life where we were struck by the, the the narrative that we were living at that moment. And the moment that Emily's referring to was a moment in my life. I was in my late teens and I was in a space where I think many of us can absolutely relate to. I was underliving my life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am a dyslexic. I also have something called dyscalculus. So I don't do math very well at all, and I don't read very well, and I misspell a lot of things. So my, my, my time in uh, grade school and high school were very challenged. I was, I was terrible at academics, but I always had a real love for people. And, um, but I actually gave myself permission to listen to my teachers, who I believe were very well intended, but between my grades and my lack of ability to perform academically, I was put in what they call the slower arena. And the slower arenas, I think, were people who struggle at with um, they struggle with status quo ways of learning and the conformity way of leading one's life. It's all about multiple choice. It's about essays, about doing the things that people are deemed, whether they're smart, whether they're achievers, whether they're worthy of someone's belief. So I took the lead, which was given to me by so many people. You don't really have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You don't have the ability to actually do anything other than potentially be a truck driver, but maybe you can't even do that very well. So why don't you just get a job that would actually allow you to at least do something with yourself? Mm. So I, as a confirmed underachiever and someone who had very low self-esteem and very low self-confidence, I I assumed a position being a gas station attendant at the overnight shift, which started at six at night, went to four o'clock in the morning. And this truck stop was on the new york thruway upstate new york and it was a cold fairly forsaken place a lot of wind a lot of cold a lot of snow and it was bleak of course and i i worked under the influence of not enoughness i I sort of created a story that i was not enough and this is what you do when you're not enough you you give yourself permission to hold an environment that reflects what's in your heart and if you will holding you back from what it is that you'd love to bring into the world. But I'm a big believer that every single one of us has a spark and how the divine orchestration can work. Somebody or something can see that spark inside of every single human being and help that spark to catch fire. Well, my spark came in the form of an angel that you, (laughs) it gets me even choked up to even talk about it, Emily, but you never know who is that angel. And I believe there are there are earth angels all over this planet, but we have to be open to receive the guidance and the love that they want to bring to you. Mm-hmm. So this night in particular, it was extremely cold. It was thirty below zero. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I was doing my thing. And I because I love people, no matter the fact I was a gas station attendant. I believe at the time, and I say this without any ego, I was the best gas station attendant in the world.
1: I can imagine. I
0: was, I would run out there and I would say good morning and I'd give that truck driver a great big smile and I'd ask them what they want. How can I serve you? And this truck pulled in and the truck driver didn't utter a word to me. He pulled up to the fuel stop, right up to the gas station itself. I asked him these questions. He didn't look in a way that anyone else had ever looked at me. He looked right through me and right into my right into my heart. And he said to me, I don't know what it is that you think you're doing here, but I'm going to be going to Boston and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to come back through New York tomorrow night. And if I see you here, when I come back through in 24 hours, I'm going to kick your ass. And I had no, I had never seen this person before, but what I can tell you is I know he was an angel and he saw in me what I wanted to believe was true about me. And he said, you do not belong here. You belong doing something much greater than this. And not that being a truck driver fuel attendant wasn't great, but what I I wanted to be was something greater for myself, which was serving so much bigger than myself. So I took his prayer and I took his invocation and that morning, I sat in front of a, a very small little community college in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. I sat out there from six in the morning waiting for the admissions office to open up. and um, the admissions office finally opened up, and um, a Mrs. Clark came out, and uh, she said, "How can I help you?" And I said, "Not only can you help me, I really need you to save me. I don't have <laughs> I don't have a transcript. I don't have grades that are worth looking at, but I have a heart for service and I have a heart for wanting to be a doctor and I I know it sounds impossible, but if you will let me try to come to your college, give me one class. So what basically happened Emily is uh, she gave me the permission to apply without really applying. She granted me permission to enter a philosophy class. I didn't have enough money to my name to actually afford the class. I was about, I think, $26 short, and she spotted me the $26 so I could afford that class. And um, 13 years later, I graduated from medical school. And, you know, (laughs) so anyone who's listening or watching, here's the message. When we leave this time together today, open your eyes so bright, so bold, so courageously that you can see all of the angels that are circulating all around you. And Then decide to be one of those angels for somebody else Because that's the power every single one of us has To look into someone else's soul and know that they could use a belief in Them that they can't see in themselves and that is the beauty of being a wonderful human being and I know in your community Emily you're about serving and supporting angels who happen to be really awesome at business and building amazing abundance every year of their life, but sometimes we forget The simplest blessings of navigating life in a way that's so present that you see every other human being an opportunity to pollinate their possibility and help them to grow a life and create something that they absolutely express the highest versions of themselves. So that is my story, and I come before you today as somebody who has failed a million times, been successful a few times. But my greatest success is remembering that I get a chance to be an angel for somebody else here on Earth and to allow other angels to pollinate my soul and not let me forget who I want to be as well.
1: Wow, that's so powerful. And I actually had never heard the second part of that story about Mrs. Clark, who obviously was the second angel. Um, And that's such an amazing reminder. Uh, And I think one of the other things I wanna point out is that you chose to listen to that angel, like you left the job, you moved forward, you took that as your sign and you had the courage to do so. Do you think that there were other angels who had showed up in your life but you weren't willing to see them or you couldn't see them before that point?
0: Absolutely, and I think it's interesting, right? Some of the angels in my life were people who told me I wasn't smart. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. were people who wouldn't be necessarily seen as angels. They weren't that unconditional cheerleader type angel. They're the ones who tested your conviction. And I believe that there are all kinds of different people who come into our life and they'll challenge us. And they'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you're not enough. You don't have what it takes. And they will be catalysts. They will be angels in a way that you have to decide Will you use that type of message to raise your own conviction, raise your own encouragement, or will you allow that person, that angel, to define you? Mm. So you decide that you're actually going to acquiesce to what they see in you versus what you see in you. There are angels everywhere, Emily, and I think one of the coolest things I've learned is that right here and right now, there's probably a vulnerability that we've never seen on the planet it is so easy to get caught up in conformity thinking and allow that to be sort of the the messenger for how we should be, be behaving, how should we be thinking in our lives. And I'm a big believer that your community and what I've known about you over this last year and about you and James and what you do at I Heart My Life, we have to look for the angels, the environments that allow us to never forget who we want to be, how we want to show up, and allow the epigenetics of other human beings and what they stand for – To give us the messages that we know in our heart to be true and be very, very discerning about how much you hold that door open and how much you allow what it is that you want to have come through you. Believe it's supposed to come through to you. Because right now there's so many messages about you got to look this way. You got to show up in that way. You got to have this degree. You have to have this, you know, this certificate. You have to get very, very clear about what we allow to sound ourselves with. So There, there, there have been angels in my life that ones I, I wouldn't necessarily see them at that time, but I know they helped to kind of really catalyze a, a courage in me. And there's been other people who have been unconditionally loving and supportive of me. And I guess I, my question to everyone here today as you're watching this, go through your Rolodex in your heart and look for the people who have brought you messages who have either encouraged you or in disguise help you to create a level of encouragement for yourself Mm -hmm. that you absolutely said, you know what, that doesn't work for me. That message is is an assault on my integrity, on my character, on my belief, and my big prayer for my life. And you use that to serve you to move your life forward. Everyone around you can carry a message, depending on how it is that you discern, and allow that message to come inside of you.
1: I love that perspective. Never thought about it like that. I'm sure a lot of people are having big aha moments right now. So let's leave it there for now and take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how you were able to do that. The simple, practical ways in which someone who maybe has a lot of naysayers in their life or not really, you know, an encouraging environment, how are they able to move past that and not let it sink in in a negative way or stop them from moving
2: forward with their dreams? Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: All right, everyone, we're back now. I have special guest Dr. James Rouse with me. We're totally spoiled today because he's incredible. As, you, as you've already figured out. Um, So something that just came to me during the break, Dr. James, is I'm wondering if you ever met Mrs. Clark again.
0: You know, I did not. But I did send her a letter when I got accepted uh, into graduate school. And um, I pray it found her because, you know, it's one of those things I think that um, achievement oriented people, one of the things that allows them to really buoy themselves up is constantly coming back to what allowed themselves to do the things that they've been able to accomplish. One word, one, one statement of compassion and acceptance can change someone's life. And I think sometimes people who are in roles of serving others sometimes forget the power of what they did. So if you have anyone in your life and here's a wonderful ritual for new years or, you know, anytime in January when you're thinking about, okay, here's my great big goals for 2018 and there's there's something I'm, I'm really keen on. And I've seen it in my clinical practice in medicine, and I've certainly seen it in my life with entrepreneurial activity. It, the word or the phrase is called self-efficacy. And Emily, what that basically means is that you're witnessing yourself following through on your good intentions and you're present for it. So when you write a letter to acknowledge someone else, or you send an email, and you're fully present for that email, and you really write in such a way that you're fully awake and conscious of each and every word that you're putting into someone else's atmosphere, the, one of the greatest practices in the world is being becoming a love letter writer.
3: Mm.
0: And I have really made it my – one of my greatest goals, every single email that I write, people go, that sounds so ridiculous. I'm, I, I, You don't know how busy I am, James. I've got so much going on. I just got to write that text. I, when I send a text or I send an email, and I don't say this with any, in any ego, there's no ego when I tell you this. I stop everything and I write an email. I stop everything and I write a text. And I try to do it with a level of love and a level of presence because it is such a meaningful part of how we circulate energy. So dismiss the power of the word and what it is that we do all day long is if we are people who are serving others, we're building communities, we're building businesses, get really clear on the fact that one of the greatest practices to create everything you want in your life is become so good at single tasking. Mm -hmm. Doing one thing with love and intention and focus and integrity, where you bring your entire... A-game forward to what is it you're doing, you will blow your clients away, you will blow your customers away, and more importantly, you will blow your own brain away because the limbic system connects with excellence, and excellence is built upon the energy of you following through and being a superhuman being, and when you express love in everything that you do, your brain becomes a monastery of magnificence and we get a chance to do that in every little act in our life not just the presentations we knew not just the products we're selling not just the moments when everything is really working for you it's the micro moments in between those when you show up and you are excellent in your love and you convey it with a level of presence that transcends reason you will change your life and you'll change everyone's life that you come in contact with that is a simple pearl that has changed my life
1: amazing. And I love how you said excellence, excellent in love, because I think that's one of the other things that people can obviously gather from you. And I've learned is just showing kindness. I mean, even a few days ago, there was someone walking down the street who James and I have seen before. And he's this older gentleman. And he's always well dressed and looks super dapper. And I said to James, you know, there he is again, he looks so amazing. And one day, I'm going to tell him because we passed before I could tell him. And I thought to myself, how many kind words are left unsaid and I think there's probably a lot even in texts. and I can vouch for your text it's the best to receive your texts and emails it's like a poem um and you know what if we spread that kindness around our workplace with our clients with our partner you know with everyone and just do it to another degree
0: You know, Emily, I hope that people really heard what you just said. So many words of kindness go left unsaid because the smaller part of us says, I haven't got time or that person may not get what I'm trying to convey. Or I may not have the courage to expose my own vulnerability, by acknowledging someone else who I see excellence or I see kindness. I see love. I see possibility. Everyone in this community, Emily, that you have created, is a part of a bigger movement and this bigger movement. And, you know, sometimes we say, well, it's about building businesses. And Emily, you're an awesome coach at building businesses. But one of the things I've learned about you of this last year that I think some people may still be kind of getting used to the idea is that one things that you and I have talked about, we've done it together when we spent time together, is we've understood the power of what it means to be that exceptional person. If anything, I feel the country, the planet, the universe is rooting for right now is for heroes of the heart who are willing to be exposed for their common humanity and their humility and grace to expose it in ways that are wonderfully unprecedented. Spirit is not held by precedent. And if you're wondering what your great big year is going to look like, look no further in the micro moments of how you can express what you know in your heart to be true and allow that to be the business that you are truly operating out.
1: Another poem. (laughs) I love it. So I think what I'd really love to understand is it's going to sound really funny, but how you came to be this way, because... And what I mean by this way is uh, to give you a, a tangible example, when I recently saw you in Toronto, um, literally we were working out in the gym and you saw James first and you came and you tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and gave you a hug. And I told James later on, I was like, he has the power to make me cry in the gym in Toronto at 6am by barely saying anything by just being there. So I'd love to know how you became you after you had your 13 years in medical school. What are some of the things that have, I don't, I don't know, just opened you up to this amazing vulnerability and to being so loving and kind. Have you always been that way? Or what is, what has been the journey?
0: That's an interesting question and a really, it's a challenging question, right? Yeah. Because those are, those are really generous and very loving and kind things to say about me. And um, it makes me tear up because I think everyone is this way. I think everyone really is this way. But whether or not we've allowed ourselves to be who we are is the work. You know, everyone comes into this world and we learn, we learn self-awareness and we learn ways to actually dim our light or we learn ways that we've dimmed our light and systematically we choose to overcome that systematic dimming. So here's here's how it works for me personally, Emily. I get up really early in the morning and I spend the first two, two and a half hours of my day awakening my love of myself. That is my secret. I I wake up like everyone wakes up and I choose to be one of those people who absolutely gets really clear about what it does For me, when I choose practices or rituals, and practice them with every bit of my focus, my consciousness, my compassion, to remember who I want to be. And then more importantly, remember, that's who I already am. When you are experimenting with your own self-love and your own self-care to such a deep degree that it literally is something you go public with, it becomes a form of social activism. The side effect, you'll build an amazing business. The side effect is you will see other people raising their own life game. And yes, you are changing your own DNA. You are changing the way you spiritually get a chance to have a foothold and possibility. And each and every day you build upon that. So I will answer this in one sentence. Never forget how good you are, dash, and be who you already are.
1: And how would you say you do that, practically speaking, for two hours every morning?
0: Well, the first thing I do in the morning is, um, number one, I don't reach for my phone. I reach for my heart, and I start my day laying straight on my bed next to my beautiful wife of 25 years, and I put my heart in my own hands. And I ask myself what would make me happy with me today and what would make me pleased with peace tonight because I honored what I know to be the truth of who I am. And I will sit there. I will lay there long enough, Emily, until it really comes clear to me that now I am ready to leave my bed and go out in the world and start doing the deepest work of my life. But I will not leave my bed until I get fully connected to having my hands around my heart in such a way that it becomes so palpable about what is that I want to express this day. And then the real work begins. It begins in the form of prayer, meditation, exercise, and absolutely getting really, really clear about my number one intention. I want to go to bed 14, 16 hours later, feeling a great sense of peace about my daily done well. Did I show up? Did I have my character? Did I have my integrity? Did I not give my power away to something that was an illusion or an old story, an old belief that no longer serves me? Did I courageously pollinate the things that I wanted to be standing for? Because when I future cast 16 hours out and I think about what it would be like to lay my head back down on that same pillow 16 hours later and feel a great sense of peace, oh my gosh, there is nothing in the world that wants to get in the way of peace. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, as I look into your eyes, Emily, and I look into everyone who is looking at this experience we're having today, Yeah. if you will look into your own eyes with softness and a level of self-compassion and self-acceptance, I promise you, you will change your DNA, which is only just susceptible to the beliefs that you hold dear for yourself. And if you have a dream this year, say, you know what, I am going to rock I'm going to get so healthy and so vital and so strong this year. That's that's going to be my thing. Awesome. Or I am going to I'm going to have a business that does a 10x experience this year. Over the moon. That's fabulous. It all will come down to whether or not you can absolutely get clear about you valuing the depth of what it is that you know to be true about you and you future cast into the night that's about to come and you say to yourself, what would it look like to go to bed feeling peaceful about knowing that I have absolutely had One of the greatest words I've used, satisfaction. What it basically means is when the spirit has taken enough action to allow your mind to be peaceful. When your spirit has taken enough action so your mind can be peaceful.
1: Amazing. Isn't it awesome? Do you think that your teenage boy self at the gas station could have future casted the you right now?
0: You know what i do and i and I say that because I was telling a story to a couple of friends of mine, actually, it was a couple of friends and my two teenage daughters. We were talking yesterday about how how we create life and 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 how do how do we reach our goals and I remember one of my first customers at that truck stop it was this it was this overweight gentleman and he was smoking a cigarette, and you could tell he was tired. He, he was experiencing a pretty rough life. And I'll never forget, I looked into his eyes. I think he was my third customer of my career as a, as a gas station guy. And I looked into his eyes and I said to him something to the effect of, I really see that this day, because he was complaining, I, see, I really see this day has beaten you up. But wouldn't it be awesome if – when we leave here today, and I'm, listen, I'm 17 at this time, I'm a kid, yeah. I yeah. said, but wouldn't it be awesome when we say goodbye today, that when we say goodbye, we know that we met someplace beyond right doing and wrongdoing, it wasn't a truck stop, it wasn't about the traffic, it was about you and I in this moment, just having a connection about what is possible. And I think he said something, to that, going, you know, you're really weird. And then he said, but I really like you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you're really weird, but I really like you. And I I, I do too. I mean, it's beautiful. And here's, here's the funny thing. Every single one of us, and I'm going to say this with all love and respect, Emily, I know you and James, because you're my chosen sister and my brother. And I know this entire community. We're kind of weird. And it's wonderful.
1: It's wonderful.
0: It's wonderful. (laughs) Because if we weren't kind of weird or kind of unconformist where we weren't kind of outside of the normal way of, of acting and behaving nothing extraordinary is going to happen in our lives everybody i need you to really lean into your weirdness into your wonderful freakiness into that wonderful part of you that says you know what I want my legacy to be led and left every moment of my life. I don't want to be thinking about my legacy when I'm 70 or 80 or what I leave behind when I move on to the next dimension. I want my legacy to be a moment-by-moment experience with every human being that I come in contact with. They say something like, That was really weird, and I really loved it. That was really exceptional, and you blew my heart away. You saw me, and you looked into my soul, and you melted me, and you moved me to tears. If we're not doing that kind of work, then what the heck are we doing? Because everyone will expect someone to play down and make it easy and make it comfortable, but no one accepts the exceptional when another human being says, I'm going to look into your heart, I'm going to rock your world, I'm going to melt you with my presence, and I'm not going to let you forget how good you are because i'm going to look into your soul with these beautiful eyes and i'm not going to let you re- ever forget this moment because this moment is the legacy you move into the next moment with and if you think a longer hug is not that unusual, watch how that person leaves at seven seconds and they really kind of shake it off and then they finally surrender. Watch what it is when you actually send an email with love and intention versus just cutting it off because you're super busy. Watch what will happen on a stranger, that dapper man who dresses so beautifully. He takes his time in the morning to tie his tie. He takes his time in the morning to walk in such a way when he leaves his home, he carries himself with integrity and a sense of possibility. Mm. You have that power, and if you don't exercise that power, you will go to sleep tonight under the influence of unfinished business. You will go into the bed experience thinking to yourself, "I missed the window to be wonderfully weird, amazingly exceptional, and out loving my former self," and that that is. That is unacceptable to the exceptional entrepreneur. And that does not work for everyone here who says, I want to create something exceptional and I want my life to outpicture that. Then you know what? You got to lean into the things that you know make you feel wonderfully uncomfortable to make you become fully alive.
1: Wow. I'd like everyone to listen to that literally every single day until they get it and they can feel it and they can show up for themselves in that way. That's incredible, Dr. James.
0: I mean, Emily, I'm going to ask you a question because I know when you decided that you were going to do this work and you were going to build a worldwide community and you were going to call it something as brave and exceptional as I Heart My Life, I know that's, that was never and continues not to be easy. But you've decided to get outside of what was familiar and known to be wonderfully weird, expose yourself in ways to the world that would transcend reason just a few years ago. What keeps you showing up day after day and allowing yourself to be that vulnerable presence and be that earth angel that you've decided to be?
1: I love that question. And I'm going to answer it right after the break. (laughs) So I'm going to leave it there and come back to all of you with an answer in just a few minutes.
3: Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way.
2: The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an Out Loud life on americaoutloud.com. Glitcher News and Entertainment Network, where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: So we're back. It's the I Heart My Life show with Emily Williams and special guest, Dr. James Rouse. So before the break, Dr. James asked "What's able? What, what I channel to be able to move forward with my dreams on a daily basis. Because as you said, Dr. James, it's not always easy. It really never is, if I'm being honest. Um, and there is something inside that is driving me. And I think it's this innate knowing, just like you said, that 17 year old at the gas station, he knew you know what you were meant for. For me, it's that innate knowing that I'm meant to create this movement and that women especially were not living up to what we're meant for and what our purpose is. And we are in this state of being comfortable and stepping, you know, stepping outside of the box into what we really desire it's not easy for anyone and but most people are taking the easy path and for me you know you're so passionate about the work that you do and it's the same for me I'm it's unacceptable in my opinion for all of us to not live up to what we were born to do and what we're capable of and so that's something that drives me on a daily basis is creating the I heart my life movement for women who love themselves and their lives and are finally lit up by their work and their mission and just feel excited about what they're doing because right now so many people don't and that just it it breaks my heart because I was one of them and I think you know speaking to someone like you and getting to know you this year it also gives me more permission to continue to follow my heart and to continue to live my truth and it gives me more confidence, and I wanna be that source and, and one of those role models for, for women around the world, especially those you know just entering their 20s and 30s who feel confused about what they're meant to do. I don't want anyone to get to the end of their life and regret what they didn't do.
0: I love that. Yeah. And you know what I love about that? It goes down to two really important things to remember. I, I, I believe so strongly that You choosing heart as the centerpiece of your work is all about the fact that um, you look at the French word um, for, well, actually, I'm going back to the etymology of courage. The Latin simply means courage means heart. Heart means courage. And in that experience of doing that, now, I want everyone to really take in what Emily said, why she does what she does, and how the first thing she said, this is not easy. Every single one of us, everyone is walking the planet today, we have a predisposition towards a negativity bias. Our brains are wired for safety and conformity, meaning that a small life is what we are physiologically wired to create, a small life, a predictable life, something that's safe and secure and becomes something that down the road, you look back and go, I missed it. That was not it. And I can tell you, boy, it gets me emotional. Don't you dare allow yourself at the end of your life to go, I missed it. Hmm. Here's what you have working on your behalf. Yes, your brain and your mind has a predisposition and a negativity bias for smallness. But here's the awesome thing. And this is why, Emily, I love you and why I believe you chose the heart as a centerpiece of your work. Between your brain and your heart is something called there's descending fibers and there's ascending fibers. This is a little metal. There's a little science for everybody, but you're going to love this. It's spirit. There are nine times more fibers moving from your heart to your mind than they are from your mind to your heart. What does that simply mean? If you spend all your time in your head, you're going to feel more fear, more smallness and more more desire to not do anything different and not be exceptional. But if you take the 12-inch journey from your mind to your heart and let your heart feel what it is that you are here to express, you have nine times more energy moving to overcome your mind's mediocrity. Mm. Your mind's mediocrity. Everyone should begin their day with their hands on their heart and feel what they want to be expressing Because if you don't connect with what you're feeling in your heart, you will not overcome your negativity bias. Your brain will talk you into a small experience. But if you go here, you have a nine times more greater opportunity to out-express, out-serve, out-love, out-picture a life that is so much bigger than you could ever imagine. And you know what? You will be the one who people will talk about, and you will be the one who will create a ruckus, and you will be the one that people will go – there was an angel who came into my life, mm-hmm. and that angel rocked my heart awake. That is your divine appointment, and that is your divine responsibility. The fact that you're on this call this morning, the fact that you are sitting here in this video in your day, is saying that there was a divine orchestration that brought you here, and you're supposed to go to your heart and say, you know what, un, un, un unwavering belief awaits. If I'm willing to sit with my heart's knowing just long enough to feel who I came here to be and remember it in such a way that I never forget who I am. And then I go out there and I do the deep work, the uncomfortable, hard work of being a heart centered warrior of the light, the hardest work, the most amazing work, the, the, the reason why you are here, nothing less than that.
1: And what would you say is the reason why you're here?
0: for moments like this. The reason why I am here is because I am learning as a student every single day as a student. I am in perpetual beta. There is nothing that I have figured out other than I want to be present for what I know that moves my heart. And when I move my heart and it connects with my mind, I can then begin the greatest work of my life moment by moment by moment. If I start with my mind and start with my fear and allow that to dictate the course of my life, smallness is my smallness is my experience, yeah, yeah. awesomeness is when it begins here, so we get a chance today to decide i'm going to connect with my heart i'm going to allow that nine times opportunity to dictate how I feel, and i'm going to feel myself into being, and i'm going to be extraordinary. And that is to me a moment by moment experience of being a student of what makes you come alive. Pay attention to when you're most alive. Pay attention when you're most exceptional. Pay attention when you're most wonderfully uncomfortable. Take notes because that's when you're doing your greatest work.
1: So how would you say you're uncomfortable on a daily or weekly basis?
0: We're sitting here, no one outside of you knows me. And (laughs) I've been I so so far this morning, I've I've been moved to tears with you. I've been in a space where I've talked about the fact that I fail every single day. Um and I've also been in a space where my wild and wonderful uncomfortableness is part of being the common humanity. If you think that anyone around you, even the people who you go, "Oh my gosh, so and so is rocking their business and so and so is on the cover of whatever." And they're doing this and they're doing that. Guess what? Every single one of us shares common humanity. And every single one of us who are doing something exceptional is pushing their edge just like you. That is the great thing. And if we're willing to connect in that quantum field, you will have an unfair advantage over mediocrity every single day. And going back to that word of courage and love, that will be the thing that absolutely aligns with what it is that you do each and every day. Come from your heart in a courageous expression will be what comes from there.
1: Love that. And so do you feel or how do you feel that that perspective has impacted you know, something a little bit more tangible like all the businesses that you've created? For example, we have some amazing products that you sent us from your new company. I'd love you to share a little bit more about that. But how do you feel that you bring that into, like uh, the only word I can think of is tangible in terms of the business element of what you do in the world?
0: You know, it's really funny, Emily, every product I've ever created, products that have gone onto Whole Foods, products that have gone to QVC, products that have been distributed across the whole world, they've always started with one simple thing. What would make someone become more alive? I pray on it. I meditate on it. And then I create products from that. When I think about purpose, it's pretty simple. My hunger feeding the world's hunger. That is my simple definition of having purpose. Your hunger feeding the world's hunger is purpose. And when you have that wonderful collision of passion and compassion, that space in between passion and compassion, meaning that you see the world's hunger and you see what makes you come alive. You put those two worlds together. You've got a business and you have a product and you have an opportunity to serve. I've created four businesses based on the premise that get really clear about what makes you come alive and then ask yourself a more important question. Does it feed the world's hunger? And if it does get out there and build that product. And I've had many things that were just my thing. And When I asked whether or not they were going to feed the world's hunger, it was just like, no, it's Hmm. not it. But when it is it, you will know it. It'll give you that wonderful butterfly. It'll give you that wonderful stirring. And then the real work begins, build that product. And, Every product I've built was conceived in meditation and prayer before it actually was conceived in my hand.
1: And where do you get the courage and the strength to move forward with it? Because I'm looking at Well and Co. um, And we'll put some information below the video. Uh, for everyone, so they have it when it's ready. Um, I'm looking at this, and it's just like it's it's stunning, and I can tell the work that you put into this. Like I can only imagine. And so, where do you get the courage and the drive to move forward with with these businesses, with four businesses? I want I want you to speak a little bit to the person who, you know, has yet to start or has that big idea and hasn't found the courage.
0: Well, here's the thing I know. All of these businesses, your business that wants to happen when you're here thinking, well, God. So he's done four businesses. I want to tell you, every single one of these have been wonderfully messy. Every single one of them. And the only times I've failed at business were the ones I was waiting for them to be perfect before it began. Every single one of those businesses failed when I was waiting to be perfect. And then I would give myself permission to begin. Ego plays tricks and says, Oh, it's going to be so lined up. It's going to be so ready. It's going to be, boy, the business plan has to be bulletproof. I, I love business plans, but I love business plans that are conceived on a heart's understanding of what it is that you want to bring into the world. And then you can find the ways to raise the money. You'll find the ways to bring the courage, the whatever how. the case, the how. Be. the how, Yeah. but do not begin with the how. If you begin with the how your ego will intercept you and find all the reasons why it's not ready. When you have the why that leads to the how, you will be met with you'll be met with unforeseen forces, universal energies, quantum field force that will literally lift you into a rare air where all of a sudden you go, Oh my goodness, I don't know what it's gonna take, but I know I have what it takes. Yeah. And that's yeah. when you begin. I don't know what it's gonna take, but I believe I have what it takes. Because if you have the hunger and you know that your hunger feeds the world's hunger, then you've got a product, and you need to get about the business of living it. But here's the key thing. You talked about this idea of giving yourself permission a moment ago, Emily.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, one of my good friends, Seth Godin, who's an amazing marketer, he talks about permission marketing. I love the idea that you become the brand that you're giving permission for people to buy from or, or use or, or leverage. And how do you do that? You become the brand. And I know this will go, well, you you live your brand. That's just kind of – that's an old cliche. No, 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 no. What does it mean to really be loving your brand – And knowing that the way that you love your brand and exemplify your brand is how other people connect with your brand and they feel the love of your brand, that's permission marketing. Let people fall in love with the love that you have for the service that you are bringing versus the intellectual understanding of the product. Because people don't fall in love with intellectual, they fall in love with inspirational. They don't fall in love with package, they they fall deeply in love with purpose.
1: Yeah, they want to be a part of something.
0: They want to be a part of something. So when I think about packages versus purpose, purpose always wins. Package will follow purpose.
1: Mm, I love that reminder. So a few final questions that I'm gonna be asking everyone on this show. So Dr. James, what has enabled you to create a life that's better than your dreams?
0: Mm. Removing the critic, removing the censor, And not removing him by saying, oh, my gosh, I don't want to hear you. Oh, my gosh, you don't belong. It's been very different than that, Emily. And I I think this is probably one of the greatest spiritual pearls I've ever learned. Fall in love with your critic. Fall in love with that censor. Invite him or her into your heart and win them over with your love. Win them over so they they become part of you because – That little voice inside of you that says you don't have what it takes, that little voice who says, Who do you think you are? She's just an angel who's trying to protect you. She's just an angel who doesn't want you to get hurt. And once you bring her into your heart and you love her so much bigger than the vision she has for you, she becomes a force for you. I tell you, if that's all you do, everybody, that (laughs) one thing will change your life. So many of us go, Oh, I want to get rid of my critic. I want to. Tell my sensor to go away. No, no, no. Invite them in. Sit in my heart. Love them up. And they love you up.
1: Amazing. And what are you most excited for? So we're about to head into a new year uh, at the time that we're recording this. So what are you most excited for in the next chapter?
0: My number one thing for 2018, I want to blow myself away with areas of my heart that I know have yet to be fully expressed. And I'm gonna take all the time necessary to go so slow in my life that I don't miss the blessings and the gifts that I've already created in my life. Mm -hmm. It is a tendency for the ego in the first few days of January, even the first few months of the year, to be so out front about what is that we want to create. The things that give us confidence, the things that makes us feel alive and feel a sense of love and possibility, are the things that we've already created. I want to be present for the gifts that are all around me and the blessings that I already have every single day, which will give me the confidence and the grace and the humility to move forward at to the gifts and the things I want to bring in my life at a pace that I don't lose track of what I want is already here.
3: Mm.
1: Do you feel like you haven't been doing that up until now?
0: I can tell you, Emily, as a, as a human being in training, I've always got work to do. Yeah. Always. Only always do I always have work to Only do.
1: always. <laughs> and so how do people follow along your journey and this next chapter? Where can they find you?
0: You know, I think the simplest place is my Facebook page, Dr. James Rouse. Um, I, every morning I do a quick little three to five minute video on what I'm learning about life, what I know about spirituality, what I learn about science what I learn about human performance. But um, everything's unscripted. Emily, you know me well enough to know my life is, for the most part, pretty much unscripted. So I push my go button. I'm sitting in my treehouse up on top of a mountain. And I talk about life and the reality of what it means to be a warrior for the light and what it means to go about leading with a heart-centered understanding that we are alive to the degree that we serve only always.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. James. It's been an honor to have you on this first episode of the I Heart My Life show. I know everyone, like I said at the beginning, everyone's lives uh, are changed because of this episode. So thank you.